0: I've received a number of requests from different people over the last months to do some education on how we should vote as Catholics. I mean, it's not a hot topic or anything, so why skirt it? And I've, I've been hesitant to because, to be honest, as a priest, I don't prefer talking about politics. My job is the salvation of souls and eternal realities, not the promulgation of individual presidents. But we have to admit that the way that we look at politics does reflect the state of our souls and how we see the world. And as much as the thought of forcing you to vote one way does tickle my tyrannical fancies, I'm not going to try to do that. It's not a power given to me. We're all free. What I am called to do is help you to inform your conscience according to God's commandments, according to our Catholic faith, so that you are free to go and respond accordingly in light of that. So I want to focus on especially, though, is the danger of group identities. You know, my favorite stories are all about people who change. They're not so much stories about good people versus bad people, because that's not really life. Life is the good and the bad within my own heart at war with one another that's why I've always been inspired by stories about bad people who become good because they offer hope. And I've always been fascinated about stories about people, about good people who become bad because they usually offer a lesson. It can, it can happen to any of us. And that's sort of what Christ is talking about in today's gospel. The Pharisees, those who were good, slowly became bad because they closed themselves off to God's will in their life. And the prostitutes and tax collectors, the sinners, those who were bad became good because they were open to conversion, to changing their minds. And one of my favorite stories about a bad man who became good is the story of Alexander Shultzenitsyn. He was a communist in the 20th century. At a young age, he was seduced by the Marxist ideology, but was later betrayed by his own party and then sent into exile in the Siberian gulags. And as he was wasting away in prison out there for years, he began to ponder a very important question in his life, how did I get here? And as he examined his life, he came to the realization that it was mainly for one principal reason, he sacrificed his conscience. He thought about all the times he knew that something was wrong in his party, but he went along with it anyway because he handed over his conscience to a political entity and thereby stripped himself of his individual responsibility to respond to truth and error, to right and wrong within his own heart. He wrote in his memoirs, it was granted me to carry away from my prison years on my bent back, which nearly broke beneath its load, this essential experience, how a human being becomes evil and how a human being becomes good. In my most evil moments, I was convinced that I was doing good and I was well supplied with systematic argumentation. And it was only when I lay there on rotting prison straw that I sensed within myself the first stirrings of good. Gradually it was disclosed to me that the line separating good and evil passes not through states, nor between classes, nor between political parties, but right through every human heart and through all human hearts. The line shifts inside us. It oscillates over the years. And even within hearts that are overwhelmed by evil, one small bridgehead of good is retained. And even in the best of all hearts, there remains still a small corner of evil That was his realization. The line separating good and evil is not between countries or classes or states or sexes or political parties. It's drawn down every one of our hearts. That's why he concluded this was the air of Marxism in his time because they wanted to say all the bad people were one party and we just need to destroy them. And then we can have our utopia in our country that we want so bad. He said, if only we're all so simple. If only there were evil people somewhere in insidiously committing evil deeds. And it were necessary only to separate them from the rest of us and destroy them. But the line separating good and evil passes through every heart. And who would destroy a piece of his own heart? That's the great temptation in life. Divide humanity into good parties and bad parties, so we can place ourselves on the good side and then fight to eradicate the other side, which is obviously bad. It's a subtle way of escaping personal responsibility to individual conscience. That's why there's only two types of people and they are not Republicans and Democrats. They are those who are open to God's commandments and they are those who have closed themselves off to his will. And the only two absolute party affiliations humans will justly be categorized into will only come at the end times when Christ himself separates the sheep from the goats, the wheat from the chaff, those who are saved and those who are forever damned. And any demarcation of good and evil according to group identities before that day is arbitrary and insufficient. That's why the only line we must be concerned about in our life Is the line that is going through my heart separating good and evil because that's the line I'm going to be judged upon when I die. No one will get to heaven based on their political affiliations. I know faithful, good Catholics who are naturally more drawn for the past 50 years to the Democratic Party. And I know Republicans who in their personal lives Are living lives very immorally against God's commandments. So being affiliated with one group or the other isn't an immediate revelation of the soul, as tempting as it is for us to draw that conclusion. And that's why I don't I don't identify as a Republican and I don't identify as a Democrat. I'm a Roman Catholic. And both parties express certain truths at different times that correspond to the Catholic faith that defines my conscience. I don't follow parties, I follow my faith because my faith is what is absolute. The parties are always subject to change over the years as we can see in our own history. And that's how I protect the line in my own heart from shifting. And that's why group identity is so dangerous. It strips us of personal responsibility to our own conscience. When faced with right or wrong, we can say, no, I'm just going with my party that I've always been affiliated with. The way societies become as destructive as the Soviet Union after the Marxist-Socialist Revolution and as genocidal as Germany after Hitler came to power was due to individuals like Schultz and Nitzan who prostituted their conscience to the state and allowed their moral compass to be violated again and again, little by little, one step at a time. And that's how good people become bad. One concession at a time. When we hand our our conscience over to public opinion, to the opinion of the majority, to mob mentality, to a mere political party, the line dividing good and evil in our hearts is easily corrupted, and our Catholic integrity becomes sacrificed. And it's for that reason that it's so necessary for every single one of us to form our conscience according to God's commandments, so that that line in my heart remains unadulterated. The Catholic Church offers clarity to help us all remain united in the truths of Jesus Christ, which was what St. Paul was talking about in the second reading, that you might all be one in mind and heart in the truth of Christ. It's a clarity that protects the good of from slowly being seduced into bad, and the bad to be enlightened to the good, so that they might be converted and saved before the day of their judgment. So where do we draw the line as Catholics? I believe the argument can be made and is being made. We draw that line on abortion. It's the first priority. The bishop expressed so much in a recent Voters Guide saying the threat of abortion remains our preeminent priority because it attacks life itself. Preeminent meaning surpassing every other concern that is out there at the time. The logic being before we can talk about immigration, immigration, racism, poverty, or in environmental crises, our first concern is always protecting life at its most vulnerable, protecting our children. And I know good-hearted, compassionate Catholics who are naturally drawn to a platform that seems to be more sympathetic to the poor, to the immigrants and oppressed, and that's fine. But we have to ask the question, at what cost? Where do I draw the line? At what point do I say, I want what you offer, but not at this price? Not if it's at the cost of innocent blood. There is no personally opposed but. My personal opposition is manifested by my public refusal to cross that line. And if I'm willing to cross that line in my heart, the question is, what other lines am I willing to cross that contradict God's law in order to adhere to a specific party? What about enforcing family planning and contraceptives through our hospitals? Or the the promotion of same-sex unions? Or euthanasia? Am I willing to concede these lines too? Because that's what my party says. Then the question really becomes for all of us, who's informing my conscience? Is it my faith? Or is it my political party? Is it God's commandments? Or is it my identity group? And that's the point. If we forfeit our conscience to a political party, we risk forfeiting our souls one concession at a time. And wide and spacious is the road that leads to damnation, and many are they that are on it. Being on the side of the majority vote will not save us when we stand before God on the day of our judgment. Schultz and Nitzin sacrificed his conscience on the altar of socialism and how many Germans sacrifice their conscience on the altar to a totalitarian dictator. Our souls are not safe on the left or on the right if they are not grounded upon the altar of God's immutable truths as Catholics. And if God gives us free will We are all responsible for what we do, what we fail to do. No one escapes individual responsibility. May we take to heart the hard-earned lesson of Alexander Shultzenitsyn. The line separating good and evil passes not through states, nor between classes, nor between political parties but right through every human heart, and through all human hearts. One political party will not save our nation. The other will not destroy it. We, as individuals, as Catholics, have the power to save ourselves, and we have the power to destroy ourselves. And it all depends on what we do with that line separating good and evil that passes through every one of our hearts. Let us beware, the line shifts. Inside us, it oscillates with the years. The good can become bad, and the bad can always become good. Religious leaders can become whitewashed tombs filled with dead men's bones. And prostitutes and tax collectors can storm heaven if they're open to God's will, if they're open to conversion, if they're willing to change their minds. It all depends on how I respond to the immutable truths of God's commandments as they are revealed to my individual heart.